0: Jock Diana Palmer's book *Heart of Stone*, Chapter Seven. I don't know where to start, Ella said hesitantly. I know your father didn't tell you anything about what happened here before he left with you. Nobody ever tells me anything, Keeley replied really. I know that Dad's mixed up in something. That the police are interested in him for whatever it is, and that Jock is involved somehow. She said, and I know that you're broke, and Dad is certainly you for money. Ella better little her lower lip hard. Not at all, but you couldn't know that. Who told you that, she demanded. Is it true? Keely pre-advocated. Ella looked around wildly and brushed her untidy hair back from her thin face. Keely moved forward a step. Is it true? She repeated softly. Ella took a deep breath for while she really looked her age. Yes, she said. I thought the money would never run out. There was so much of it. Your grandparents invested in land when it was cheap. As the town grew, more people needed land, so they started renting it out for businesses. When they died, I continued to practice, raising rents as the land prices increased. What happened? Keely prodded. Oh, laughed Holly. I got greedy. My parents would never buy me designer clothes or even a good car. They made me pay my own way from the day I started working. They wanted me to go to college, but I thought I was smart enough. Your father thought I'd get all of that money the minute I married, so he married me. But it didn't work out that way. She drew in a long breath, her eyes with a faraway look. All I had was an allowance. Brett and I bought expensive cars and diamonds and ate in the best restaurants, took long trips overseas. We ran up a fortune in bills. My parents paid it and stopped my checks. She laughed again as she glanced at her daughter. Brett got used to living high. He couldn't go back to wages found a way to make a lot of money, quit Based based on. You were very too young to understand what was going on. My parents died in a plane crash, and we inherited the estate, but there wasn't much left. Money, mostly just land. We spent the rest. I wanted him out of my life. He wanted that game park, so I made a deal with him. I sold him land and gave him the proceeds. I was free, still relatively long, and I wanted to celebrate. So I did. Then your father dumped you here and the luxury lifestyle was a thing of the past. I resented you for that, but it probably saved us from being tossed out into the street with the clothes we were wearing. I'd gone hog wild and didn't even realize it. By the time I did, it was too late. She moved into the living room and sat down, heavenly, in a chair. she sat down on the arm of the sofa across from her. It's unusual for a parent to speak to her like this as an equal, without even sarcasm. Ella brushed back her hair. I managed to salvage a couple of the properties before they were foreclosed on for unpaid bills, but my renters found cheaper rents and moved out. I was only left with empty buildings that I couldn't repair, and nobody wanted to use them. In the past six months, it was suddenly all gone, except for the house and the land it sits on. Your father and Jock are broke, and they need a grub shack. They want me to sell the house and property to fund them. But it's all you have left, Keeler. Tell them you won't do it. Sheriff Carson will look out for you. Ella bit her lower left. It's more complicated than that, Keely. She replied quietly. You see, your father and I did something illegal when you were very small. If he tells what he knows, I can go to prison. Keely smiled. Then if he uses it, he'll be incriminated as well, and he can go there too. The older one, he smiled. She They'd have to catch him first, wouldn't they? She said, he's been on jump, one job jump ahead of the law all his life. What did you do? Keely asked, reasoning that her mother would probably close up and say nothing else. Ellie took a sip of her drink. I've lived with the guilt for years, she said almost herself. I thought it wasn't going to bother me what we did. Thought, took another sip of drink. A local boy saw Brent bringing in a shipment of cocaine and hiding it in our basement. He was going to tell the sheriff, she grimaced. My father was dying, and he already threatened to disinherit me because of Brett. There had been a scandal, and Brett and I had been prosecuted. I'd have lost everything. They could have proved that I paid for the shipment that Brett was going to cut and resell on the streets. What did you do? Keely asked apprehensively. The boy liked to get high, Ella continued miserably. He did it all the time. Anyway, he had a supplier, one of Brett's dealers. She died and her sister married a local cattleman a few months ago. We promised him that we'd send the boy a kilo of coke all for himself if he would not telling us. Keely was feeling sick. She already had an idea of who we, her mother was talking about. And? oh, well, he agreed. In fact, we promised him a dime bag on the spot with a hundred dollars of cocaine and sweet talk. What we did sell him was that it was 100 proof. Pure. Wasn't cut with anything to lessen the effect. We gave it to a supplier and he had her inject him and he died. Of course, she didn't know either, but we had her in our pocket then, too, because she couldn't prove that she didn't know she was killing him. Kaylee's eyes closed. It was Sheriff Haynes Carson's younger brother, Bobby, wasn't it? She asked huskily. Ella sighed. Yes, I've lived with the guilt and the fear all these years, terrified the Sheriff Haynes would find out wouldn't rest until he put me in prison. He blamed others, and that took the heat off me. It was the only hope I had. No wonder you paid for the game park for Dad, she said, seeing clearly the pattern of the past. That's why you let him take me along. Her mother nodded softly. After Bobby died, I couldn't bear to look at Brit anymore. It made me feel like a murderess. I was afraid, too, that he might get high one night and tell someone what he'd done. So he promised to leave town if I'd let him have the money for the game park. He even said he'd straighten up. Give up drugs, try to get his life back together. Said he never wanted anything more than he wanted that game part. Keeley's eyes became tormented as she remembered what her mother had said. She had to pay her husband to take Keely with No, Ella said quickly, reading Keeley's expression. I wanted to hurt you that night. It wasn't true. Brent wanted you with him. He said that if I fought him he'd go to the police with the truth. He had nothing to lose by then. He'd already been arrested for possession twice, gotten off with the help of a lawyer. But he'd never get away with murder, and neither would I. So I let him take you. I never even asked if Jock was the reason. See, Jock had noticed you when he came by to see Brent, told him about the old game park that he was running. The owner wanted out. Brent said that Jock liked young girls. I didn't even connect it at the time, she said. I should be shot. Keeley felt sick all over. Perhaps that accident, as terrible as it was, saved her from something much more terrible. Now she realized what had probably happened. Soon after her father purchased the rickety old game park where Jock worked and started renovating it, Jock had been arrested. Apparently he served time in prison, too, because it was only two years later that he showed up at the park. That was when things started to go down him. And only about a week before Keeley's accident, after that, Jock couldn't bear to touch her. Probably it was his idea for Brent to dump Keeley so the two of them could pursue other illegal enterprises. Keeley might have been part of the plan for those jobs, she thought with muted terror. She'd been saved from more than she knew at the time, even though she resented being deserted. She hadn't known her father at all. She thought he loved her. In those two years when it was just the two of them and Dinah keeping books, her young life had been happy and secure. Her father had twice even given up drinking, although Keeley hadn't known he was using drugs. Just before Jock had turned back up, Brent Welsh had involved himself with the flashy woman took him for everything he saved. And there had to have been a good bit. Jock had been livid when he discovered that. What are you thinking? Ella asked. She looked up. How happy we were for a couple years. I guess it was while Jock was in prison, because he left when Dad and I settled into the game park and only came back a few days before Dad brought me here. Well, look, really, at least Jock didn't have much access to you, did he? No, Keely cried. I was afraid of him. I still am, I'll confess, your father could be dangerous when he was drunk, but he said Jock was dangerous, cold, sober. Keely smoothed her hands over knees. Thank you for telling me the truth. All eyes were troubled. I was scared, Keely. I couldn't face the fact that I'd helped kill a man. Even if nobody knew, I started drinking and I couldn't stop. It helped me forget. She better live again. I should have. I should never have said that I didn't want you, Keely, or that your father was disappointed you were not a boy. I wanted you so much, I would have given up anything rather than lose you. Carly was right. I should never have said such a thing. Didn't mean that Ella loved her, but it was like, "'Thanks,' Keeley replied. "'Hello, Carter. Are you getting involved with that Sinclair boy?' "'Yes, really Brett would find a way to use you to his advantage if he could. "'You know he's an addict. He can't stop. "'It's more dangerous now than he ever was when I lived with him, "'especially in his situation and with Jock egging him on.'" Keeley was trying to come to grips with the idea that her own parents had a hand in the death of Sheriff Payne's younger brother, that her father was a drug dealer, She'd known about deals he'd made to acquire animals that weren't quite what she thought of as legal, but he'd hidden his worst side from her during those two years they were together. From her vantage point now, she'd been naive and stupid. Perhaps she thought it wasn't so much ignorance or as denial. She hadn't wanted a laker's parrot, even an alcoholic, which was what she thought her father was. Didn't have the stigma of a thief. Then again, it was a matter of degree. You're remembering things, aren't you? Elle said. Listen, Keely, I may not be a good parent. I may be the worst alcoholic in town, but I've never laid a hand on human anger or put your life at risk. Can You know it. That was truth. Keely might feel used by her mother, but she'd never been afraid of her. She nodded. I'd like to tell you... I'd like to tell you that I'm going to start over, that I'll stop drinking and carping and seducing married men... She shrugged. I made a self mocking smile. But it would be a lie. I've been like this too long. I can't change. I don't want to change. I like getting drunk. I like men. I know that, Keeley said in a resigned tone. If you could just stop trying to make me feel inferior, that would be something. It hurts when you make fun of the way I am. Dad certainly isn't perfect, but he made me go to church every Sunday. He even said once that he was going to make sure I didn't end up like both of you. Ella thought about that. She was still holding her drink. She took another sip. Well, he was right to do that. Yes, he was. The best way to give up being an alcoholic is never start drinking in the first place. I don't like the smell of it, Keely murmured. Ella laughed. Neither do I. She confessed and she smiled. Really smiled at her daughter. Did either of your parents drink? She asked how the Ella's eyes darkened with pain. She took a big gold for the drink. My father did. She waited, but no other confessions were forthcoming. She wondered at the hatred in Ella's eyes when she talked about her father. Keely remembered that she never had talked about him or about her mother either. More secrets, Keely murmured absently. Ella only nodded. Some are best kept forever. She got it. Well, I'm going to bed. The phone rings. Do us both a favor and don't answer it. I wish I could, Keely confirmed, but I still have a job that requires me to go out at all hours. Ella frowned. Do you have a cell phone? She said, no, she couldn't afford even a cheap disposable one. i went to her purse and dug out hers. When you go out at night from now on, you take mine. I'll be with Carly if I go out. She lived another instant object. Objection. We can use hers. You have to have a way to call for help. Your father might even try to kidnap you. Brent sounded desperate. Why don't they just rob a bank? Keely asked exactly. Don't even joke about that. Her mother said it once and went Sorry, I shouldn't have said it. Ella turned toward the wall. I'm going to bed. Be careful if you go out. Call the sheriff's office and have the deputies watch out for you. I will. She was thinking, though, Sheriff Haynes's brother and how he'd grieved for him after he died of that so-called drug overdose. She couldn't bear the thought of being in any way involved, even if she had nothing to do with it. Her parents were responsible. Inevitably, one day it was going to come out. He never really knew people. She told herself. Not even your parents. But despite everything, it made her feel warm inside. The unexpected concern from the one parent she thought hated her. She didn't go to bed at once. She savored the feeling of having a real mother for the first time in her life, even if that mother was the next best thing to a killer. Clark phoned her two days later and asked her to the big charity dance at the local community center on Saturday. She wasn't on a call for that one night, so she couldn't refuse. Is this desperate or what? He asked me really... It's the only thing going on in Jacobsville for the four-seater refuter, unless you want to sign us up for Summer Square dancing Workshop. He had a I'll never get to see Nellie. I like dancing, but it's okay. You can sneak out and nobody will even miss you. Then you can say you had a stomach upset. You're a genius, he exclaimed. <laughs> No, she was just getting good at lying, she thought. She still was concerned about Boone's perception and Clark's headlong fling into disaster. In the back of her mind was the thought of her father and Jock and their schemes. Things were routine at work. She and her mother were getting along for the first time. Even Carly was kinder to Keely, and it seemed that the work she did around the house was slowly appreciated, right down to her cooking. She felt as if she had a new lease on life. But on Saturday morning, while she was wearing over the one good dress she had that she was wearing to the dance, there was a phone call. She answered the phone herself. Her mother was sleeping late. She and Curly had gone out on the town the night before, and she was expecting her to hear from Clark. But it wasn't Clark. Has your mother put the house on the market yet? She knew that voice. It wasn't her father's. It was Jock's. She hesitated, sick with fear. Answer me, damn you. No, she said she hasn't yet. You tell her she's better get moving. I know what she and your father did. You may not want to tell, but I will. You hear me, Keeley? And he slammed the phone down. Keeley wouldn't have understood that threat even a week ago. She understood it now. She couldn't very well go to Hans Carson, tell him that her mother had been accessory to a homicide. There could be no protection from the court from that quarter especially if Haynes found out who the homicide had been. Clark couldn't help her either. She didn't dare involve Boone. She sat down, sick and frightened, and wondered what in the world they were going to do. Later, when Ella woke up, Keely had, tell, had to tell her about the phone call. Ella was hung over, but she sobered quickly. Jock knows, then. I was afraid Brett would get high enough to tell him. What can we do? Keely asked miserably. Ella drew on a long I don't know. I'll have to, talk I'll have to think about this. We don't have the time, Keeley said. What if he goes to the sheriff? Ella looked at her daughter next. Week. Thanks, she said huskily. Means a lot after the way I've treated you. That you mind if I went to jail? She was like, maybe it would be just as well to get it out in the open. Keely, it's been so many years. I had a good lawyer. Yes, Keely was agreeing. She glanced at the younger woman, so hopeful, so enthusiastic. Ella knew that no judge in Jacobs County would let her walk away from a homicide, not when the sheriff's brother was the victim, regardless of how much time had transpired between the death and the present. Keeley was young and full of dreams. Ella was long past them, but she might be able to do something to save her daughter. She might be able to spare Keeley if she had the guts to do what was necessary. We'll work something out, she assured the younger woman. You're going to that dance with Clark, aren't you? He's very nice. Maybe he'll marry you. Her eyes looked dreamy for a moment. It's a good man. He'd take he'd take care of you. you got everything you wanted. Clark and I are just friends," she said. Elegant said, "It's his brother, isn't it? I didn't do you any favors with the lies I told him. I could call him and tell him the truth." No, Keeley said at once. Elliston, you loved him, and I screwed it up for you. I'm sorry. He thinks I'm much too young for him, Keeley said with a sad smile. She was remembering the way Boone had talked to her at the library and hated circumstances that had robbed her of even a chance with him. Now that she knew the truth about her parents, any sort of relationship with him would be impossible. Boone Sinclair, with his stellar reputation and impeccable bloodlines, wouldn't stoop so low as to marry the daughter of drug users and murderers. You look so sad, Elle said. I really am sorry. I <laughs> know, it's all right, she replied. You better finish pressing your dress. I'll offer you. I'd offer you one of mine, she but you're much too slender. Thanks for offering, Ella said gently. Ella smiled back, and something twisted deep inside her as she recalled how cruel she'd been to her child. She was sorry about it now. Maybe she could make amends. Maybe, just maybe, she could spare Keeley any more heartbreak if she went about it right. Clark was right on time to pick pick up Keeley. She was wearing a beautiful green velvet dress that clung lovingly to her purple pretty figure, all the way to her shapely ankles with a fox doll that belonged to her mother. Ella then insisted that she take it. She also had high heels that were expensive and pretty. Another loan from Ella, who wore the same shoe size. Keeley had no evening shoes at all, never having had occasion to wear them. Her blonde hair was clean and shiny, neatly combed, and her eyes were cold. You look gorgeous, Clark said suddenly as he helped her in the car. I mean it, you really do. She smiled Thanks, Clark. Yeah, he got into the car thoughtfully, and when he frowned like that, he reminded her of Boone. something wrong? She asked. Her. I was thinking that I've been using you in his room. I don't mind. That's what makes it so bad, here, but I'm doing things I don't like just to keep Boone from asking questions about my girlfriend. He glanced at her. If I really cared about her, I'd be doing things differently, wouldn't I, Keely? She was surprised by his attitude and the question. You're in love. It makes people do odd things. Am I? In love, I mean, he accelerated around the curve. I've invested a king's ransom of jewelry and designer clothes for Nellie. She hasn't refused to think. In fact, she's made suggestions about what I could buy her that she liked best. He glanced I can't get you to accept a pair of inexperienced earrings. She plus sounded very much as if Buddha made some idle comment that had started his brother thinking about things. I don't like jewelry. Of course you like it, Keeley. All women like jewelry. Clark replied, but you won't accept it from me. You won't even tell me why. She bit her lips. It would be like accepting payment for helping you out, and that's wrong. In my world, yes, it is. A small present at Christmas, A small present at Christmas is one thing, but expensive jewelry—that's something else. That's what Boone says. His girlfriend was hinting that she like a diamond collar. He said she could whistle for it. He didn't have to pay women to go out with him. She was really mad. She stormed out without another word heard. I'll bet she came back, Keeley said then. Of course she did. Boone's loaded and he's a dish. And he's relentlessly chased by every spinster south of Texas of Talus. Keeley's heart sank. Of course he was. But it was every woman's dream. It was certainly Keeley's. started me thinking. Clark continued, and not in a good way. If Nellie loved me, she'd be wanting to buy things for me. She couldn't afford your taste, Clark, she murmured dryly, thought for a minute and then he left. Well, no, she couldn't. But it's the point of the thing, Keeley. She hasn't bought me anything since we started dating. Not even a handkerchief. Or a music CD. Nothing. Some people aren't givers. Some people are gold diggers, though, he replied. Julian back against the seat beside. I guess so. I've never understood why. I love working for what I get. My ch- paychecks may be small compared to a lot of others, but everyone thrills me. I work with my own hands for what I have. <laughs> Luna admires that. Does he? She tried not to sound impressed. Not that he wants to. He does his best to ignore you. I noticed. Maybe he's right, Keely, said to You're very young. You're going to be yawn out with me. She threw up her hand. What is it about my age? For heaven's sake, I'll be 20 on Christmas Eve. He smiled. She made him feel good. She always had. She and Winnie were closer to him than any other two women on earth. You're the nicest friend I have, he said out of you. I want to start treating you better. Are you really? Then if you want to get me something, anything, he interrupted. I mean that. I'd love to have mats for my car, he went. What? Mats? You know, those black ribs? things that go on the floorboard just for the driver's side. She had equipment. It was used so it didn't come with the original equipment. Dr. Rydell's parking lot isn't paved. I have to walk through mud to get to my car when it rains. (laughs) Clark was still absorbing the shock. Nellie had asked penitently for a diamond pendant she'd seen advertised in a slick magazine, and here was Keely asking for a simple map for her damned car. Nothing, anything expensive," she said quickly, fearing she'd overset. "I mean, for Christmas, I'm going to get you something too, but it will be expensive." Pulled up to the community center, only two inches high, he turned her in the car. "You make me ashamed," he said quietly. "What?" she said. She said, "Never mind. We better go in. I think we're a little late." My fault, she said to mine. You had to wait while I found my purse. She held it up. It was an old one of Mama's. She let me have it in her cell phone, and she loaned me her fox fur. She waved it at him in her shoes. She held it up we'll put the show, him. he could've wept. She never asked for a thing. She wouldn't let Winnie loan her anything at all. He'd never felt so bad in all of his life. He used her as a blind for his great love affair, but... Put her in a position where Boone could savage her if he ever found out what she'd been doing and never even gave a thought to the consequences. Tonight is the last time I'm hiding Nellie behind you, he said suddenly. I'll go off with her this once, but from now on, I'm taking her right into the front door of my house. I have some catsup handy won't you So these Boone will have her supper. I know that. Maybe it won't be a bad thing to let him have a bite of her. Once, maybe she'd show her true call. She stops my... It might not be as bad as you think, she said softly. I mean, she might care about you and still like jewelry. Might rather have just the jewelry, he returned succinctly. Big SUV pulled into the parking lot. He grimaced. She's early, he looked at Keely. Want me to walk you in? She shook her head. I can do it all by myself, he handed her a ticket. You're taking that even if it's all you let me give you. I'll be back before you miss me. She knew better than that. He might talk good, but he was still under Nellie's spell. She'd have him convinced by the end of the evening that he couldn't live without her poor man. Have fun, she said. He had food. You have fun. She got out of the car, closed the door, and waved. She didn't look toward Nellie. She would have happily thrown rocks at her if if it would help spare Clark. Music poured out into the cold night air. They were playing a Latin number. She imagined all the town's excellent dancers, including Matt Caldwell and Cash Grier, were out on the dance floor, dazzling the spectators. She was looking forward to watching them. She gave her ticket at the door, tucked the fox fur closer, and moved into the huge room where a live band was playing. I thought you'd be alone when I heard Clark mention that he bought tickets. A deep, amused voice said behind her. She turned and looked up, into the Boone Sinclair's dark soft eyes. End of chapter 7.